Ryan Dixon and Rory Boylan host Tape to Tape, the hockey podcast by Sportsnet. Welcome to Tape to Tape, T2T. I'm Ryan Dixon. I'm a writer for Sportsnet.ca. Joining me in the booth, as always, most importantly, new papa, Rory Boylan. Oh, man. Life is totally different than the last <laughs> time I was on this podcast. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, fantastic summer with the new little one, Arabella Grace Reyes Boylan Lovely. is her name. Um, yeah, and it's uh, everything they say about having a baby is true. You are going to have one expecting in December. That's the plan. And, uh, yeah, so... Brace yourself. We, 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 we can comp- <laughs> we're usually comparing notes on, uh, you know, who's going to get the last slot in the East? It's uh, going to be a whole new set of notes come this winter. Exciting times for sure. Well, also exciting. I think we can say exciting, even though we're, uh, we're coming through the dog days, really. They're winding down. But what is exciting is Sportsnet. If you go to sportsnet.ca right now, you will find our complete list of the top 100 players in the NHL. Earlier this summer, we set about this big job spearheaded by editor Craig Battle. Kudos to Battle for the work he put in coming up with this list, consolidating everyone's list. We, of course, just pulled all the sports netters out there from TV and radio and and digital, pulled it all together and came up with the list. So Rory and I are, of course, going to talk about that list, the list we contributed, talk about some guys that we might want to rearrange a little bit, maybe even talk about how different might this list look 12 months from now. Hmm. We'll also touch on some of the more recent summer news, some mm, first-rate awkwardness, I would say, at Max Pacioretty's. (laughs) Charity golf tournament in Montreal, not a good frigid there, maybe a hot temperature wise, but frigid relationship between Pacioretty, Mark Bergevin and Habs owner Jeff Molson. That situation yet to come to a head. Same with Eric Carlson. Hey, once those get settled, maybe we can start talking about Tyler Sagan set to be a UFA in 2019. And as our own Luke Fox tweeted from the BioSteel camp where that's kind of become an annual thing where we get our first look at or first uh, views on the new season from a lot of players. Sagan was disappointed and pointed that out several times that there isn't already a deal in place with the Dallas Stars on an extension. So a little bit of intrigue there surrounding Sagan. He is, of course, one of the guys we're going to find on this top 100 list. So let's just start there, Rory. Not with Sagan, but at the top. So Okay, yeah. Let, let's do it this way. And you know what? Before we dive in, there's a few things I would like to say. This list, uh, <laughs> number one, you could... It's the kind of thing you can say, yeah, I'm going to spend a day ranking the top 100 players. There's that version of it. Yep. There's also the version where it's like you could do nothing else for three weeks yep. and try and figure out all your criteria Endless hours on hockey reference. Shout out to hockey reference in the play index. 
you could just bury yourself in this because if you get like, you know, lost in the minutia and the weeds of number 66 and yep. 67, I think you and I probably landed somewhere in the middle. I definitely spent a couple days on this. Oh, yeah. Couldn't really afford to spend three weeks on it, but you know, people automatically it's, it's similar to what we're going to run into in a few weeks when we're talking about, oh, I like these guys to make the playoffs. I like these guys to make the playoffs. Well, you like these guys, these guys, and these guys. Only eight teams are getting in in each conference. Sixteen get in it. Sixteen get in in the league. Fifteen don't. Not everyone's getting in. So before you tell me everyone's a top ten player in yeah. the NHL, let's talk about who you're squeezing out because you know you hear a name like Sagan, Line, and you're like, oh my god, those guys are stars. They got they yep. they must be in the top ten. Well, guess what? There's only ten guys in the top ten. Yeah, and I had I had. That kind of thought throughout this list, not just in oh, the top yeah. 10, but, you know, I would put a player, say, in the 20s somewhere, and I would think, oh, you know, he should, he's too low. He should be top 15, top 10. And then I would kind of go up and compare him to the guys I had already slotted there. Like, no, maybe he is where he should be. I'm not going to move him up. What I did was I did mine 10 at a time, do my 10, kind of review it, move on to the next 10, and then compare those guys to the ones who are already above them. And... The amount of times I moved guys up and down the list and all over, it got just got to the point where I said, okay, this is my final list. I'm walking away from it because I could spend all summer just tinkering with this thing. I can't look at it anymore. I can't think about it because you are going to get to a point where you're going to overthink it. And even looking at my list today, I might make some minor changes here or there, but it's just, it, it's just so minor. Like, what's the difference between player 70 and player 80? You know, it's just kind of... It's really minor. If you're looking at points-wise, there's not a big point differential between those guys. How do you weigh a first-line defenseman who maybe isn't going to be in the Norris versus a second-line center like Ryan O'Reilly? Or a goalie, right? I mean, a the goalie was just really whole... difficult. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, like I wanted to get Antti Ranta into my top 100 because I think he could be a guy. We're going to talk about guys who might be appearing on this list next year. He's a guy I think could make a huge jump, but I just couldn't fit him in. Like I barely got Andre Vasilevsky into my list. I'm not as high on him as some other people are but he barely cracked my list so how do you get ranta in there if you play the game of here's the top 100 players versus top 100 guys who could have a huge influence on the season you might have ranta 45th right yep. like if he's 927 yep. for a team that has emerging talent uh and, and goes out there and, and finishes second in the vesna like you're telling me guys like uh taylor hall even who just won the mvp are going to have more of an impact on their team it's it's basically the same thing and, and probably more in Ranta's case because of the position he plays. Yeah, so I had 10 goalies, period, on my list. So even though Vasilevsky just just barely made it, he is 10th overall in my goalie rank. He's not you know way, way down or anything like that. It was very tough to kind of figure out how to slot all these guys, compare all of them. And there are some great players that have been left up. I don't have Jonathan Taze on my list. I know you have him. You have him pretty low. But I have Joe Thornton in the 90s, and I like him more this season. But I could totally see a bounce back from Jonathan Taze and the Blackhawks in general. So, And then at the same time, I leave him off. My last two spots, 99 and 100, I reserve for a couple of rookies, Rasmus Dahlin and Elias Pettersson. It's these kind of wild cards who could have really great years. Yes. I think it's interesting to note that the our T2T brains must be merging because we both... I had Dahlin 100 kind of <laughs> symbolically, but maybe yeah. not symbolically. Yeah. You had him 99. 
Spoiler alert, he's not on the Sportsnet list, and we're going to get into that right now. Again, you can check out the entire list. We've been breaking it out day by day on Sportsnet.ca. There's, of course, write-ups on all the players, and we went longer on the guys at the top. So here's what we'll do. We will do Sportsnet's top 10, Rory's top 10, my top 10, and use that as a jumping-off point to talk about guys all over the map here. So... Number one, Connor McDavid. Number two, Sidney Crosby. This is the Sportsnet list. Number three, Evgeny Malkin. Four, Victor Hedman. Five, Nathan McKinnon. Six, Eric Carlson. Seven, Anze Kopitar. Eight, Alex Ovechkin. Nine, Drew Doughty. Ten, Nikita Kucherov. All right, Rory, why don't you give us your top ten? So my top four are exactly the same. Connor McDavid, number one. Sidney Crosby, number two. Evgeny Malkin, three. Victor Hedman, four. Eric Carlson, I have five. Patrick Kane, I have six. Alex Ovechkin, seven. Andre Kopitar, eight. Mark Scheifele, nine. And Steve Stamkos at ten. I have the same top two. Connor McDavid, one. Sidney Crosby, Two, Victor Hedman, three, Nathan McKinnon, four, Malkin, five, Taylor Hall, six, Alex Ovechkin, seven, Drew Doughty, eight, Patrice Bergeron, nine, Patrick Kane, ten. Okay, I don't know exactly where to begin, but I will say you had Carlson high, Sportsnet had Carlson high, sixth. I had Carlson just outside the top 20, 21st, in fact. I already feel there's some potential for regret there. And let's just say we did this, uh, you and I did this about a month ago is when we actually put everything together. And I, we've been joking this whole uh, time that we were uh, leading into the pod about, I wish I wrote all my notes down from the days we decided exactly what, you know, yeah. When, when you were running all the numbers and realized, uh, oh my God, uh, Eric Stoll's actually scored as many even strength goals as uh, Max Pacioretty or whatever. My rationale with Carlson was that he has had the injury trouble. There's that's yep. you know there's a little even with all the trade talk. One of the things is, hey, are we sure this guy's going to be back exactly to what he has been? And for all I know, he's going to be playing in a miserable situation. So, and we should note, I didn't clarify this off the top. This is a projection. This isn't based on yes. entirely. This is who we think is going to be the top 100 this for the season, season coming up. Yep. So there's one guy I do have a bit lower. Obviously, there's all kinds of potential for everyone to move around and, and a guy like Carlson for sure. But you feel strong. He's still right in that top five, top six realm of NHL players. Yeah, of course, if he gets injured, everything all bets are off. But if he's healthy and I think especially if he gets traded somewhere that's going to have better players around him, that's going to make a push for the playoffs. If you have Eric Carlson on Tampa Bay, for example, I mean, that's just a great situation. This guy can be a point of game player, probably even more than that. Where do you have him ranked? I'll keep talking. Where do you have him ranked on your overall defense ranking? So where does I he ha- come in? I haven't broken my list down by position, but I will say, so I had Hedman three, I had Doughty eight. I have Subban ahead of him. And that's it. So okay, my, the, so he's yeah. still in your Norris conversation Absolute. there. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so I, I have him number two. I just think he's got um, 
a higher ceiling for points than a Drew Doughty. I have Seth Jones really high on my list. He's there in points with uh, Brent Burns, and I think probably even a safer pick to keep those points going than Brent Burns really started bad last year. I, I, I just think... I have to take his track record into account and the fact that I think he is going to get traded into a better situation too. So as long as he's healthy, I don't think there's any reason to think that he's going to you know, fall off that conversation of 1-2 in the Norris this year. I'm just looking at the Sportsnet list here, number 49. So inside the top 50, top 50 always holds this kind of... It holds a cachet for me because, like you, we both come from the Hockey News where uh, they would always rank the top 50 players each year coming into the season. And, you know, so that that barrier, that number 50, I guess 50 even just being 50 goals, it's a big number in hockey. So inside the top 50, William Carlson, you you already cool to have Wild Bill among the top 50 in the NHL? I don't have him in my top 100. Uh, So 43 goals. 35 assists, 78 points for him last year. I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I was thinking at, at first, I don't know if he's going to get as many points this year as he got goals last year. I think that might be a little bit too extreme. I think he goes over 43 points now, but I don't, I don't see him touching that. His shooting percentage was just off the charts. It never slowed down even in the playoffs. It can't keep going into this season. I think there is some regression coming for that Vegas team as a whole. I don't. I still will probably pick them in the playoffs. I haven't really poured over that yet. That, that Pacific Division looks like one that's there for the taking. But I don't see this guy touching those totals. And when I look at some of the guys that I had, you know, towards the bottom of my top 100 list, like, am I going to pick William Carlson over Victor Arvidsson, who I love and is kind of settled in as this consistent, you know, 60-ish point guy or or even a little bit better? Am I going to put him over Joe Thornton, who I know, if he's healthy, is going to be a pretty good two-line center probably at this point in his career, get a lot of assists with the guy he's at? Uh, I like Braden Shen more than him. It, It was just hard for me to put him over guys like that. So obviously, a lot of other guys liked him more than I did, but he didn't even crack my top 100. So let's play this game of guys who we either have ranked a little higher now than than some might think and also looking ahead to 12 months from now yeah guys who could take a big leap so one guy who i have quite high is jack eichel i have him i have eichel 18 that's a projection again yep. that's yep. me saying i could see 91 points this year uh, Sportsnet has Eichel in the mid 40s. I think you have him in, in around. So I've got him a whole block ahead. There's one of one of my guys, Provorov. Yes, another one that I think you probably have higher than the Sportsnet list because you're thinking year three for him could be a doozy. Well, I mean, even last year was a great one for him. He finished tied for the goal scoring lead among all defensemen with Dougie Hamilton and Victor Hedman. He got 17 goals last year. And he only got five power play points on a power play that looks like it was middle of the pack last year. But you add James Van Riemsdyk, you have the forwards that you do. I think that power play is, you know, it's going to get even better this year. He's going to get more points on it as a result. The only defenseman who averages more ice time on the power play than him is Gosses Bear, who is obviously the more offensively inclined guy. But he's got a huge shot, a great eye for the ice. He finished in the 90s somewhere, I think, in our in our final rankings. I had him uh, number 51 
overall and among defensemen that made him number 11 for me i i didn't go into these rankings thinking that he was going to rank that high for me but based on his usage 24 minutes a night the fact that i think the philadelphia flyers could be a really good team this year increased power play uh production good underlying numbers i mean he's a sneaky pick i think for just an explosive explosive season he already had a great year i think he can even take another step forward uh, in every respect to his game, I have him just ahead of in my defense rankings. Chris Letang, Matthias Ekholm, just behind John Klingberg, Oliver Ekman, Larson. I I think that there's some explosion happening here. I just couldn't turn him down from ranking him that high. You had him 51. Uh, is that what? Yeah, 50. 52. Oh, yeah, sorry, 51, 51. Item 51, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So, yeah. F- further evidence, we are sometimes in lockstep. Okay, another guy who, uh, you know, we understand we're not breaking news that these are really great players. We're talking about, though, guys who the conversation could be from one year to the next. It, just very different. Patrick Laine, I, I got him 23. Sportsnet has him 27. It seems reasonable to have him in that 20s block, but I really wonder if... This guy scores, wins the Rocket Richard by five goals next year, and we have him in the Ovechkin slot, seven, eight. You sure, know? sure. I had him 45. I had him lower than a lot of people. I Again, there were just guys ahead of him that I like, like Claude Giroux, Evgeny Kuznetsov. I just like these guys all around game, it's I think, so, a little bit more. And again, the point differential between these guys isn't that much, and, I don't think. And the, the, I mean, it's so apples and oranges sometimes when you're talking about a young guy who's basically a goals-only player but is amazing at that yep. versus a guy like Giroux and Getzlaff who are, you know, maybe slowing down. I mean, Getz, or uh, Giroux, unbelievable bounce back, healthy year. But you're you're doing body of work, what we know about these guys versus where we think this guy can go. It's it's you know clearly yeah inexact. And I could totally see him bumping up into my top twenty next year. I mean, if he wins the rocket, like you said, uh, the rocket Richard, he could be in that Alex Ovechkin slot. I would have a hard time seeing him jumping Alex Ovechkin in a year. I am, as you know, a huge Alex Ovechkin fan, but definitely a guy I could see making this jump. It was just, there's too many other players that I liked more than him this coming season. We mentioned what a knuckleball the goalies kind of are. We touched on Ranta. Here's another one who I had high and, and you thought well of as well. John Gibson. I mean, you know, look, there's a couple of things going on here and we'll be the first to tell you part of it is that he plays when a lot of us are asleep playing for the Ducks in the West Coast. That's just a bit of a reality. He's had some injury problems, but go to that aforementioned hockey reference play index and run, you know, top career save percentages for guys who've played at least 150 games. Guess whose name is right there at the top of the list. He's a guy who I think, you know, if he puts it all together this year, even just in terms of staying in the crease, he could be the consensus best goalie in the world this time next year. For sure. He's number 41 overall on my list, but my third ranked goalie behind Braden Holtby and Carey Price. Both guys, if they're healthy, I mean, I definitely see a bounce back coming for Holtby. Uh, Price needs to be healthy. We'll see how that holds up. And then maybe his team kind of sinks him a little bit. But I, I think there's just too much in his past to go on to to bump him down. 
And certainly, John Gibson has his own health-related issues that you have to worry that could hold him back. But I think, you know, I've seen some other lists that have him towards the bottom of the top 10 in goalies. And I I just think his numbers to this point have really flown under the radar because he plays on the West Coast, because he has dealt with some injuries. But definitely, I agree with you that at this time next year, we could be talking about him as the number one goalie in, in the world. Anyone else you want to touch on before? We'll talk about a, a couple guys, a couple Leafs who didn't make the list, but do you want to jump in? I, you know what? I'll keep going here and say the... I found the Tavares, Matthews, Mark Shifley, for some reason, those guys seem to be really clustered together in my mind. I had Tavares... I had them one, two, three, or, or I had them ranked back-to-back-to-back. Uh, to back to back. Okay. Tavares, 14. Matthews, 15. Shifley, 16. I feel like you could just, you know, shake it up and uh, and spit out another combination that would make sense as well. Um, uh, Sportsnet had Tavares 12, Shifley 13, Matthew 16. You had? I had Shifley in my top 10. So I had Shifley at, at number nine, and I just see him as a really kind of steady, consistent player and integral to that top line. And then I had John Tavares at number 13, so not too far behind him. I guess my big difference here is I had Austin Matthews at number 24. So some other centers who I had ahead of Austin Matthews, Tyler Sagan, who I think has a higher offensive ceiling, um, and Ryan Getzlaff, who I had much higher than the Sportsnet uh, ranking did. I had him number 18 overall. I just think the guy's a beast. And because he was injured from a large chunk of last season, maybe it's kind of been forgotten uh, how awesome he is. But I think it was 26 games the Ducks played without him. They got nine wins. He just completely changes the outlook of that team when he's there. So I, I think he's still just this monster. Like, Alexander Barkov is another center I had over Austin Matthews. I just, it came down to to liking these guys a lot more. I think there's an explosive season coming from Barkov. I love Austin Matthews. Obviously, he's a consistent guy. I think there's some, I, I think he's a guy that who should be on the penalty kill before too long on this team. He's got some defensive upside to his game and definitely a guy I would be flagging as next year. I could see leapfrogging all these guys possibly entering my top 10 and at least top 15. You know, what we kind of glossed over here. Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Not a slam dunk in your mind? No, I mean, when I first sat down and did this, I had Sidney Crosby number one and, and Connor McDavid number two. And then the more I looked at it, I thought, you know what? I love Sidney Crosby in, in a game seven. I might take Sidney Crosby over Connor McDavid, but the electricity of Connor McDavid's game still might lean me in that direction. I just looked at the point upside, and I could see Connor McDavid scoring 120 points this season if he's healthy. If Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a capable winger alongside with him, I don't think Crosby's doing that anymore. Um, I think he's going to end up in that 90 to 100 range, probably. It's certainly possible that he could do it, but McDavid has that higher ceiling. The analogy that I came away with was NFL quarterbacks, and I hope this is a good one. If you're taking one quarterback for a Super Bowl game between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, you might go with Tom Brady, given his track record, um, how he's you know dealt with those points of pressure and overcome them and everything like that. But over a season, Aaron Rodgers is probably your number one ranked quarterback. Sure. And no one's, and that's kind of how I see this over the season. McDavid is going to give you more points and he's going to be able to carry your team individually in a way that Crosby maybe doesn't. But in a game seven, I might go back to Crosby. It's really, really tough. I could see this going either way. It is not a slam dunk as far as I'm concerned. Morgan Riley just got squeezed off at the other end, just squeezed off my list. I think most certainly 
most lists had him on. You had him where? Uh, 64th overall, but my 17th ranked defenseman. And Sportsnet had him 85. So, I mean, again, you get down to, you know, I ended up putting Noah Hannafin on, and uh, especially when you factor in projections. William Nylander, though, didn't quite make the uh, top 100. Uh, What do you think about uh, Willie's absence? I understand that for sure. He just made my list. He was at 87. Uh, like th- again, this is all projection. He hasn't really done it yet. But if he is on one of those top two lines, like if he's playing with Austin Matthews all year or something like that, and he has this huge breakout, uh, he's going to make a huge jump up this list. It's you don't want to put too many Leafs on this list. I have Morgan Riley, Austin Matthews. I have Mitch Marner on this list. I don't want to put too many of these guys on the on this list um, because. Again, like is is William Nylander a line driver? Is he more of a support guy? I think he's still more of a support guy. So it was it was hard for me to put him over some other guys. Um, like I have Brock Besser approximately fifteen spots higher than him um, as as a as a more of a line driver, more of a goal scorer. So he he did just crack my list more. Of, I think I put him there more because of what I I see more upside to him. I see him. I would predict him to be much higher on next year's list, so I didn't want to leave him completely off of this year's list. And there are some big names that I, I did leave off, like Carlson, like T- like Taze. I just think that the point upside for him this year is huge, so I, I needed to squeeze him on here somewhere. As always, with lists of any kind in the world of sports, it's all about driving the discussion and getting into it uh, over uh, over a bev and uh, yeah. You know, it really can, you can play the game all day and hopefully people do go to sportsnet.ca, check out the list, see if your favorite player or team was slighted or see if we think as highly of your beloved guys. I want to get two more players in here very quickly. Okay. One was Seth Jones, who was, uh, he was ranked lower on Sportsnet's list. I had him 15th overall and my fourth ranked defenseman. Um, he had a monster year and, and this is a guy who plays a ton of minutes on that Columbus team, which I think takes that step. I think that they win this division, uh, next year. Fourth Don't defen- give away all your predictions here. Yeah, yeah, we still yeah. got a couple of weeks to yeah. go. Fourth defenseman overall behind Hedman, Carlson, Doughty. I could see him being in the, in the Norris finalists this year. So he's, he's there at number four for me. It was hard, hard for me to put him over Doughty, but in the overall list, Doughty is, is one ahead of him as well. And, and the fact that Patrick Kane fell out of our top 10, I was surprised about he so he's uh, number six overall for me but over the past four seasons he scored the second most points in the NHL next to Sidney Crosby and again I see Chicago being probably a little bit better this year than they were last and that kind of consistency I can count on Patrick Kane having a really good year to me he's a slam dunk top 10 player and everything he's done throughout his career would suggest that so that that was surprising to me to see him slip all right well let's talk about the number uh, 99 guy on Sportsnet's list, that's Max Pacioretty. So Max has, you know, he's one of those guys who's kind of been in the news to some degree all summer just by virtue of what hasn't happened. There's been a couple times in the past uh, six to eight months we thought he'd be moved, maybe the trade deadline, then the draft, then after free agency. It hasn't happened do you think the way things unfolded with Matt Duchesne in Colorado last year has set an interesting precedent whereby even if it's a miserable situation, the team is willing to go into the season with the player, yeah. have them sour face in front of the green screen when they're shooting the promos? Do you think teams like Montreal and Ottawa, who both have players that we assume 
have to be moved in, in Carlson and Pacioretty that they're they're just more willing than ever to say we're going to wait it out till we get the deal we want. Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah, it's a dangerous game to play. Seems like it. I mean, if you you can use that example, but look at John Tavares because he did the same thing. He was saying all the right things throughout last season about wanting to stay in New York and there was no reason to believe he was going to leave based on the past track record of other stars like Steven Stamkos re-signing and staying. Nobody leaves. Nobody of that stature leaves via free agency. And then he left. So I know a lot of New York fans you know, wanted them to explore trading John Tavares at the trade deadline because, you know, the team was kind of spinning its wheels. There was a risk that he was going to leave, so get what you can for him. And then they didn't, and then they lose him for nothing. So you're playing a very, very risky game here. Um, of course, there was the report that Pacioretty was maybe going to go to Los Angeles at the draft, and, and something happened that that trade fell apart on. So, um, you he know, nixed the extension and, you know, the agent yeah, person was let go. Yeah, and the, and the fact, too, is is Pacioretty's coming off a miserable season. Yeah. Right? 17 goals. Still, I think this guy comes back to 30 next year, especially if he gets traded to a better landing spot. But I think, you know, if he plays with Max Domi, that might be a pretty good matchup. Domi is kind of a, a, a passer, uh, Pacioretty being the finisher. Um, he was number 75 on my list because I do see a bounce back. Uh, coming from him but man if i'm Montreal, i mean you're, you're really playing with fire it might end up working out because like you said colorado hit a grand slam trading matt duchene and waiting for him but i think there are more examples of you know you're you're kind of playing a game or very risky game that you might end up losing out on here if you wait too long because if he doesn't want to come back uh you know, this isn't a situation well, where he's going like, to talk all year about, I, I want to stay in Montreal, I want to stay in Montreal. It's not the same as Tavares. Like, he might just want to leave because the team's bad. Uh, the spotlight is maybe, it's turning sour on him a little bit, and it's might be, maybe just time for him to move on. Well, and it sounds like the team doesn't want to talk extension, right? Like, they've essentially right. settled on, right. well, this is coming to an end. I think about it from the other side, too, in the context of both Pacioretty and Carlson, of the teams who would like to add the player... You know, there's the dimension of if you're a team that wants to add Carlson, you're dealing with Ottawa. You're looking at Ottawa. You think the team's in a state of disarray. You think you can get him on the cheap. If you're dealing with Montreal, sort of the same thing. You're you're hoping you can get him for pennies on the dollar. So, yes, while maybe Montreal and Ottawa aren't coming at it from the best position, you're still looking over your shoulder and saying, well, if I don't make a better offer, though, then the team on my right and the team on my left who also want this guy. I mean, I can lowball these teams all I want, but... Eventually, someone's going to come along and say, you know what? We know Max Pacioretty is a 35 goal scorer. And in fact, if we put him with our center, who's good, unlike a lot of the guys he's been playing with in Montreal, we think he might be a 42 goal scorer. We've already touched on Carlson. The guy is, you know, if not top five, basically knocking on the door in the whole league. So if you're a suitor, you can play the, well, we're dealing with someone who's in a position of weakness. But at the same time, do you want to get? Do you want to wake up in here? Whoops! Someone swept in, and they, uh, you know, we offered the B minus package, and they were for Carlson. They said, you know what? We're cool doing the A minus package, and Poofy's gone. Yeah. So you don't want to give up too much for a guy who is in the last season of his contract. His value is phenomenal this year. But what is Max Pacioretty going to make on his next contract? Evander Kane just got a long term deal worth seven million dollars. Maybe Pacioretty doesn't get the same term because he's a few years older, but I could see Pacioretty getting $7 million because, you know, if he if he scores 30 again, certainly uh, he'd be worth it. JVR just got a huge payday too, and, and he's kind of in, in that area as well. 
I mean, it's a young man's game. It's so important to have a stockpile of prospects that are going to be able to come in and produce on entry-level deals right away. So you don't want to give up all that and then find out that he's going to leave. I mean, another example of a team that kind of waited on a deadline a little bit different were the Buffalo Sabres and Ryan O'Reilly where they waited. They had that signing bonus that was due to them, and they waited to the last second, and I think that even passed before they trade him to the St. Louis. And part of the deal was St. Louis agreed to pay that, that $7.5 million bonus to him. But that's a guy, Buffalo got a pretty good haul for him um, with a first round pick. Tage Thompson is your, you know, your baseline futures. And then a couple of serviceable NHLers, Patrick Berglund, but he's signed. So, you know, you're going to have that player for a, a few more years. There is some risk in picking up Pacioretty and then finding out that he's, you know, wanting to test the market or he's going to be too expensive for you. How do you fit him in? So while you're planning to bring him in on a 4.5, you're kind of, okay, how does he fit in on a seven or $8 million deal for us going forward? And how much futures do we want to give up to the Habs to get him? Where does Sagan fit into all this? As noted, here in Toronto, he spoke about uh, how disappointed he was that they hadn't hammered out a deal. We know Dallas is has been linked to Carlson. Who knows if that's a factor? But doesn't this feel like one? I mean, Tavares being the ex, the exception, you know, the overwhelming trend in the NHL is for these fantastic players to sign the eight-year deals with their teams. You know, Sagan infamously you might say starts with Boston the Bruins move him after his entry level deal talk amongst yourselves there um he just it seems to be a perfect fit in Dallas where his game goes to another level the team though it hasn't achieved much is is one that I think we all see potential for He's not living in the mega spotlight of a super hot market. I mean, maybe that's what he wants, but a lot of players, you know, really find that life is, is nice under those circumstances. I just would have looked at this and thought this was one that got banged out without too much trouble. But here we are now, once the season starts, it's kind of tick, 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 tick. Yeah. And the way their cap situation is laid out, like Jamie Ben is signed for ever for the, the next long term. John Klingberg for the next four years and a really good four point really two good. five million cap hit. <laughs> really good. So you're not you're not even really facing a cap crunch. Like your starting goalie Ben Bishop makes a little less than five million dollars against the cap. They are one of these teams in on Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson is going to come in and you're going to have to re-sign him and pay him a ton of money. But I think even if you pay Eric Carlson eleven million dollars you could still give Tyler Sagan that kind of money and be able to fit all these guys. You have Miro Heiskanen who's about to step into the NHL, assuming you're not giving him up for Eric Carlson, which I don't think I would do. Uh, and he's stepping in here with his entry-level contract. So the next three years, you have a very cheap defenseman who's, by all measures, going to be a star in this league before long. So you have some good value contracts, some young players who are coming in, this is the baseline. This is the core you would want to move forward with Ben and Sagan Klingberg on a, on a cheap deal. Maybe you pick up Eric Carlson. Like there's just not a cap crunch here. So I don't know what they're waiting for. And Sagan is a consistent plus 70 point player. Like, you know what you're going to get out of him every single year. And clearly he's, he's your guy. And the other thing about the cap is Jason Spetz is coming off after this year, $7.5 million coming off of the books. Yeah. Uh, so like there's all sorts of room here. I don't know what the holdup is really. You're not going to you're not going to trade Tyler Sagan and get a better than Tyler Sagan back. No, seems unlikely. And yeah, I mean, he's uh 
he would certainly be the headliner if, I mean, unless Carlson actually does make it to market in 2019, it feels like he's going to get traded somewhere and extended, but who knows? You, you would think so. <laughs> you would think so. Well, that is all the time we have on this pre-Labor Day edition of Tape to Tape. Friends, as you might expect, things are going to, the frequency is going to pick up here. We have training camps Kicking off around September 14th, we'll definitely have a podcast for you before that point. And then after camps open, we'll be back to our regular weekly format. Of course, we will be weighing in on what we see happening in the 18-19 season. Should be a doozy. Until then, make sure you're checking out this top 100 list on sportsnet.ca you can always follow rory on twitter at rory boylan myself at dixon on sports check out tape to tape and itunes also at sportsnet.ca and come back next time for more glass rattling hockey action on tape to tape